This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to let you know about a great new true crime podcast, Crime Capsule. Writer and host Benjamin Morris takes listeners deep into some of history's most compelling crimes. Each episode will provide a unique perspective on true crime as Morris interviews the authors who have written extensively about everything from the Dixie Mafia to the Thibodeau Massacre. Crime Capsule is an evergreen podcast production in partnership with the History Press and Arcadia Publishing, so we will have an endless and diverse catalog of books to explore. From forgotten serial killers to advancements in DNA, I can guarantee you Crime Capsule will have an episode for everyone. If you're looking for a new show to listen to during the holidays, then download Crime Capsule today wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. And please join us every Thursday for new episodes. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast presents Who Killed? A podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. My name is Sergeant Jeremy Pierce, the public information officer with the Indiana State Police out of Lafayette Post. While investigating the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, detectives with the Carroll County Sheriff's Office and the Indiana State Police have uncovered an online profile named Anthony Schatz. This profile was being used from 2016 to 2017 on social media applications, including but not limited to Snapchat and Instagram. The fictitious Anthony Schatz profile used images of a known male model and portrayed himself as being extremely wealthy and owning numerous sports cars. The creator of the fictitious profile used this information while communicating with juvenile females to solicit nude images, obtain their address, and attempt to meet with them. Pictured on your screen, you'll see images of the known male model and images of the fictitious profile sent to the underage females. We have already identified the male in these images that were used by Anthony Schatz. The male in the photo is not the person of interest in the investigation. Detectives are seeking information about the person who created the Anthony Schatz profile. Investigators would like any individual who communicated, met, or attempted to meet the Anthony Schatz profile to contact law enforcement by utilizing the tip email, Abby and Libby Tip at CACOSHRF.com. Please provide as much information as you possibly can. For example, when you communicated with Anthony Schatz, how you communicated with the profile, what social media applications the account used, and if Anthony Schatz attempted to meet you or obtain your address. If you have saved images or conversations with Anthony Schatz's profile, please attach them to your email. Again, if you have any information, please contact law enforcement by utilizing the tip email, Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F.com. Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast production. On this week's episode, there's been an update on a case that I have covered and that has been covered by a number of people. 
Uh, one person in particular is Nick from the True Crime Garage podcast. And guess what? Nick has joined me to discuss this new information. And welcome back to the show, Nick. Thanks for having me, Bill. So, this is pretty big news as far as Delphi goes. Because of the fact that it's coming on five years, we have not really had many updates where there has been valid, legitimate, uh, you know, calls for action, let's mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, the police, uh, the Carroll County Police and the Indiana State Police uh, released a statement, and they have some new information and uh, that information is in regards to a fake profile that was used to quote-unquote lure girls for nudies or selfies or whatever and I just wanted to pick your brain about some of those uh, you know some of this new information and basically it sounds like we're getting close because from what I've seen online, there is a lot of verification to this. Well, this is hopeful information, um, certainly at that, because I don't know how much closer we're getting. We are getting closer, is, is the true part of that statement. How much closer would be really anyone's guess at this point? Because we don't know exactly what this information means or the exact links or ties to the actual double homicide itself that this could have. But what's super interesting here is normally the information that's coming out in the Delphi case has been coming from the public end where we have the public that's reacting to the arrest of some guy that, that may or may not be bridge guy, you know, that is found to have committed some type of other crime in or near Delphi that may involve children or women. And so normally we have this week or two of just the Internet and social media going crazy because somebody was arrested who... Um, you know, killed a woman or who abducted a woman or who abducted a, a young girl in their apartment, you know, and there's been, unfortunately, no shortage of those public suspects that we've kind of come up with as a as a knee jerk reaction. And you know what, I, and I don't mean that as any as anything bad toward the, the public, I think we need to react and it's fair to react and I'm glad that the public is so invested in this investigation and finding justice for our two girls here. So this is different because now it's the public reacting to ISP, to Indiana State Police coming out and saying, hey, here's some information. Once again, we're turning to you, our best of allies, the public, for some help and we want to know what you know. So this is kind of the reverse of what we've seen in months, in the recent months and even recent years now, because we've really not had a whole lot coming directly from Indiana State Police in, a, in a, quite some time. I would, yeah, it's been a number of years, and 
I think the one of the cases that you brought up was the Daniel Nations. Uh, his name is Daniel Nations, and he committed a murder or something like that in Colorado, and he was somehow suspected of being connected to Delphi. And again, you know, that did not pan out. But it was like for a week, a month, you know, for a while, it seemed like people were really honing in on this one particular guy. And it's like, no. And again, the Indiana State Police, you know, they commented on it. But this particular statement on Monday, like you said, is is hopeful. And you're right when you say we don't know if, how close we are because, again, this is up to the public to sort of – the ball has been passed back to the public. And so uh -huh. it's like, all right, here is everything that we've done. We've uncovered this fake account, which was Anthony Schatz. That was this the name of this account. And we would like your help in finding – you know, anybody who has communicated with this individual in, you know, 2016, 2017. And again, this fake account also used like a fake model as, you know, the screenshot claiming to be wealthy and uh, owned a bunch of cars. And the police have tracked down that particular individual. And of course, he is not a person of interest. It was just a, you know, the images were just stolen, basically. So it's just really wild to think that this break in the case has taken five years to kind of come around. And I wonder where this information came from. You know, it's just because um, this opens up so many more doors, just like any new information does. It's like, okay, so... When did they discover they discovered this recently, but how did they discover it? You know, it's just that's the I guess that's the inner detective in me that's just wanting to know, you know, how they could find this information out so far into the investigation. And again, from what I've seen, as far as the people that I trust online and, you know, this is our people of authority and, you know, this is. This is a legitimate lead. And again, it's just it's just wild to think that it took them this long to to break that particular aspect of the case. But it makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, I think that the fact that he was doing this at that time and then stopped in 2017. Well, there's, you know, there's some circumstantial evidence right there. Mm -hmm. And again, we don't know who this individual is, but it's just, you would think, you know, you would think they would be able to track like an ISP or something like that, you know, where everybody leaves a mark as far as, you know, the digital footprint goes. And I'm wondering how far that, you know, they can go down that, that avenue before they hit a brick wall. Well, and that's my fear, that that's why we're asking the public for help, because they have hit a brick wall. You know, when you've exhausted all your other leads and different ways of pursuing this person, now you turn to, again, your greatest of allies, the public. And 
the thing here, Bill, it's I have a pretty limited understanding of these different apps and different social media outlets. I'm not a person who utilizes that kind of stuff, uh, which is completely bizarro because I, I have a podcast and that's how a lot of podcasts do most of their advertising and get their listeners. Um, me, what I do is I just write a little note, true crime garage podcast, check it out. It's available everywhere. And, and I just leave those little notes at every public place that I attend. And that's how we've, we've got our, um, 917 listeners. But the, the thing here is from my understanding, and I'm basing this off of what we are being told because we have these news outlets right now. They're like, they're, oh man, Delphi's heating up again. We get, this is, well, you worked in the news business. You know how it works. Unfortunately, if it bleeds, it leads. Doom and gloom is what the news loves to, to spoon feed us. And if they can find something and, and, and look, this is a bit of a different angle. This is supposed to be hopeful. This is supposed to be something, uh, leading us toward justice for the victims here and for really this is is one of those rare cases where we have a a case that has kind of been been taken on by the entire state of Indiana right i mean this has become a a community that's been victimized and so I understand that the news outlets are trying to offer up a little bit of hope, but this is, I mean, this is big for them. This is something that they're, they're waiting on. And so I, I've been tuning into what I can find and um, some interesting stuff that I've been able to find that that's come out in probably like the last 36 hours would be, you know, they're interviewing and asking questions to people that have a better understanding of social media and these types of apps and, and you know what what is the digital footprint that this individual would have had to lie down in the process of trying to do what he was trying to do which was to trick young girls and women into sending him images and maybe possible meetups and who knows what else but what what i'm being told here is that they can especially when like a profile has been deleted and removed that that you can cover your tracks fairly well in a lot of situations. It sounds to me though, that the provider, right? Like let's just, for example, and this is not a great example because I don't think he was using TikTok or, or TikTok might not even been a thing back in 2017, but let's take that for example, from, from my limited understanding of it is that, if I have some kind of profile or I'm creating on TikTok and I delete that and I decide to cover some of my tracks and erase and scrub some of that information that the provider TikTok themselves would hold, would still be holding on to some of that uh, information. So what I'm hoping has happened here or will be happening soon is we need we need warrants and subpoenas for these different providers. And I would think that ISP could be holding on to some information that would open up those doors via search warrant, you know, a probable cause warrant 
uh, to get information from those different providers because this profile was being used on a few different um, outlets, a couple different apps from my understanding, some that I've never even heard of. Uh, but that seems to be an avenue that they could be pursuing or should be pursuing if they haven't already. But my fear is now that they're turning to the public that they've pursued that and for whatever reason, it didn't yield the results that they were looking for. So what we may end up having here is a situation where somebody was rather sophisticated and able to cover their tracks and erase and scrub most of that information when they needed to. It has become much easier to, to cover your tracks. And it, it, you're right when you say, like, the state of Indiana has taken on this case. And I would actually say that the whole entire country has kept an eye on this case because, you know, it, it was such a tragic a tragic murder. I mean, two young girls, you know, killed in the prime of their childhood, you know, and then again, the case goes cold. So it catches everybody's attention. And it's amazing. Like, you know, you can Google suspects in Delphi and it's like, yeah, everybody, like you said, any new person busted with child pornography or anybody trusted with or busted with doing anything criminal in the area or in the, you know, 100 miles around the area of Delphi becomes a person of interest for, again, a period of time until investigators are able to determine that that person was not in the area or just does not have any connection to the crime itself. Basically, what I'm trying to say is they wouldn't have come out with this if they didn't believe it was something that could really help them. And unfortunately, like you said, I do believe, or like you said, that they, you think they've hit a brick wall and that's why they're asking the public for help. I also think that by doing this, it does open up a whole new route for people to look at the case. Two girls get murdered. We have an image of a guy walking across a bridge that Libby took with her phone and it was on Snapchat. And again, this Anthony Schatz was supposedly luring people on Snapchat. So, I mean, there's possibility there's a connection there. But again, everybody and anybody who looks like Bridge Guy and who does something wrong becomes a suspect. I just, I'm happy that the the Indiana State Police is making this one more legitimate than the other ones because they wouldn't have done this if it wasn't legit because everybody else runs with it. I mean, there are so many stories, so many stories uh, about people getting roped into Delphi. And it's just one of those things that the Indiana State Police has done their due diligence, and now I think it's our job, and not necessarily my job, but the people who are living in that community and maybe have communicated with this individual, you know, they want them to come forward. And that's a great resource to have. If somebody comes forward in the next couple of days, I mean, boom. I mean, we could have an arrest sooner than later. So that's pretty great. Well, and you referenced Daniel Nations, and, um, you know, I, I was also talking about Paul Etter, Thomas Bruce, Charles Eldridge, James Bryan Chadwell II. I mean, there's been 
<laughs> there's been a revolving door of these public suspects and we've covered them each one of them extensively on true crime garage and this is you're right there's something about this one that feels different and again i think that's because this information is coming from the indiana state police there's something this is not just the flavor of the month here when it comes to delphi suspects this seems and feels a little different yeah and again like you said this becomes like uh a feeding frenzy for the local media or any for national media i mean it's been covered but i just looked up you know, suspects in the Delphi. And again, let's see, this is from WDRB.com. And it says, court documents link Indiana man to social media and Delphi murder investigation. That is interesting because this guy is Keegan Anthony Klein of Peru, Indiana. And apparently he had social media accounts related to Anthony Schatz. I would assume that if this guy was the guy they would have already arrested him. So I'm not going to go and say that that's the connection because, again, they're, lead, they're running with whatever they've got. So they've got all the reporters chasing down whatever lead comes in. So I'm just going to say wait until you hear it from them. <laughs> wait till you hear it from the police until you, until you make a claim like that. If it bleeds, it leads. It's a classic line from uh, Network and a great movie if anybody's not seen it it's a fabulous movie but it's so true and we live in a society where the hottest new news is the is the lead on the national news you have two young girls and unfortunately we just haven't had any information that is anything to work on other than speculation and like you said you covered all these guys on true crime grass how many episodes have you done on delphi Ooh, um, at least eight that I can think of. And I, I'm going off a of memory here, and I, I don't think either of us are going to get this correct here, Bill, but I think we covered it. It was a February case. We, we must have covered it in April or May of that year. But, I mean, it was new, and it was ongoing. It was relatively new and ongoing, and we – I don't know if we – I know that we certainly weren't the first to cover it. Obviously, there's there's news outlets that are covering it, and then um, there was a lot of YouTubers that are putting out five minute, ten minute uh, videos and and talk about the case. But um, when we covered it, we had to have been one of the first to to devote two hours to it. Which that's the thing. I think in the grand scheme of things, seemed a little absurd or or impossible maybe too many because there there's not enough information or at least one would think at that time with how little they've put out over the years they being the investigators there's not been a lot of information to kind of create a two-hour episode off of this case now one thing we did that we don't typically do in a case is that a large portion of the second hour of that that coverage of the case was a lot of speculation on our behalf and stuff that we were seeing elsewhere. And because there was so little information, you're naturally going to have speculation coming from the public. And we wanted to explore those possibilities if we felt that there was any 
any weight to any, you know, certain angles that, that was coming out. Now, we didn't know at the time that we would be sitting here for almost five years later and that the case would be unsolved and that the case would consume us at True Crime Garage so much so that we would go on to cover it. We've probably done eight or so episodes on it. The reason why it's tough for me to put a definitive number on that now, and that's something <laughs> you would have thought I would have prepared before we showed up here today, but we have our other show off the record, which is, for the most part, every other week. We do it a little more than that, but um, Delphi is a constant topic that comes up on our other show off the record. So it gets really hard to kind of decipher exactly how many episodes we've devoted to the case. But the thing here is with this information, again, I, I'm hopeful, and I do think that this means that they are closer to something. I don't know how much closer they are. I also want to kind of I, I want to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and remind everybody of a couple of things. First of all, protect and serve. They have an obligation. They came across something that that in this investigation. That's their words. This this is this situation. All right, let's let's put Anthony underscore shots as one situation. Let's let's separate that from the Delphi double homicide right now. I'm not saying that they're not connected at all. Nobody's saying that. But for the sake of discussion and for the sake of putting out good information that is easy to comprehend and easy to digest, let's separate those for a second. Protect and serve. They have an obligation to the public to protect the public. During the course of their investigation in the Delphi homicide case, now, we don't know if this was on day one, week one, month one, year one, or last week. But sometime during the course of their investigation into the double homicide near the Monin High Bridge, they came across information that this Anthony underscore shots is some type of predator. And so they have an obligation to the public to notify the public or to seek out that predator. And it looks to me like they did seek this this Anthony underscore shots out, and now they need the public's help. So this could be a situation where they don't have any direct ties from one to the other yet, but they've not eliminated the possibility of there being a direct tie. And regardless if there is or not, this guy or person, whoever they are, is a predator. And the public needs to be aware that there is, there's a wolf out there and he's on the hunt. You're right. Protect and serve. And that is exactly what they're doing. They're, they're bringing the public up to date with information on this predator. And if they work, you know, they worked on this to the point, it says in the opening statements, detectives uncovered this profile it says, while investigating the murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty, Liberty German detectives with the Carroll County Sheriff's Office and the Indiana State Police have uncovered an online profile named Anthony underscore shots. This profile was being used from 2016 to 2017 on social media applications, including but not limited to Snapchat and Instagram. Now, again, that is clearly 
they are coming out and saying this guy is trouble and that if you had any run-in with him it is important to contact the the ISP and Carroll County Police this is great new information and it really does feel like stuff is happening and I think stuff is probably happening behind the scenes that we don't even know about you know they could announce this and they could still be working on closing in on this guy but they just need that last little piece of the puzzle to kind of swing into action I guess is the best way to put it you also wonder too if like is this a situation where we've taken a look at this thing and we're we're putting fresh eyes on the Delphi case and this is something that was either pursued at one point and they leads better leads or or seemingly better better leads took them elsewhere in their investigation and now they're kind of circling back around to this or now we have fresh eyes on it and somebody saying wait i think we missed an opportunity here with with this little little nugget of information that we, that we found what's interesting to me too we talk about this um oh this, what is this creeps name that you brought up uh, which one the keegan anthony the new creep keegan anthony. he's the flavor of the month keegan, yeah. keegan anthony, anthony klein Keegan Anthony Klein, K-A-K. K-A-K, yeah. that's. uh, I mean, he fits the profile of the bridge man. I mean, if you think about it. I think any white dude fits the profile of bridge guy. I mean, what kind of profile do we have? Being a little sarcastic. I heard the sarcasm in your voice. I wanted to make sure everybody (laughs) else heard it as well. It's like the Mahalovic profile. Like, like Spencer told me, he goes, guy looks like John Denver. I mean, what the hell? May he rest in peace. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> what was his big hit? Oh, don't put me on the spot <laughs> to name John Denver songs. Goodness. My neighbor's dad, This early in the morning? My neighbor's dad used to have all the John Denver tapes. So I was just like, what is your deal? I'm not a, never been a John Denver fan, but here's my guess. Rocky Mountain That's High, I think, pr- is it. That's it. That's probably some pretty good drinking music if I my <laughs> I my guess is that guess. yeah and if he was still around he'd probably be enjoying that Rocky Mountain High that's just my guess it's John Denver Grey's Anatomy the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers will Teddy survive will Joe and Link finally find happiness together Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona you can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu let's hear from this week's sponsor betterhelp.com We may have moved past 2020, but 2021 is still looking fairly grim. But today I'm happy to tell you about BetterHelp.com. Because if there's anything holding you back or interfering with your happiness, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. And it's really convenient because in this current state that we live in, it just has to be. So now you can get help on your own time at at your own pace. All you have to do is schedule a secure video or phone session, or you can chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp really is there for you. They have over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. And if, for whatever reason, you aren't happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time. 
So if you're suffering from depression or anxiety, stress, anger, relationship issues, heck, you're not getting a good night's sleep, or have LGBT matters, or just low self-esteem, they literally have a licensed professional counselor for you. And of course, everything you share is confidential. The thing I like the most is it's actually affordable. And Who Killed listeners get 10% off their first month with the discount code WHO. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash WHO. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs, and then you get matched with a counselor you'll love. Again, for 10% off, go to betterhelp.com slash WHO. All right, we are back. So the thing here that that's interesting with this the Klein fella, right? Mm-hmm. What we do know is they they get information about him based off of serving a search warrant at his father's place in Peru, Indiana. And this would have been, I, I've seen the date. I didn't put anything in my notes here, but it, it looks to me like this would have been late February of the same year that the girls were killed. So remember early on in this case, there was that the ISP was going crazy and they were in a good way. They were going crazy in a good way and they were just serving search warrants left and right for people that anybody that they had outstanding warrants on, anybody that they had probable cause on for crimes other than Delphi. They're out there serving these warrants and they're out there knocking on doors and and putting people in in the back of patrol cars and so on and so forth. This Keegan Anthony Klein fella appears to me to be one of those people that they serve some warrants on or or put in the back of a patrol car uh, relatively quickly after the Delphi murders. So this would have been like February, late February of that same year that's when they start getting information about what he's up to. Okay. This guy's up to no good. He's getting, he's, he's receiving nude photographs from underage girls, uh, via social media, because these are things that he's requesting. He's a predator and look a little PSA. And and I hate that. I feel like I live in a society where I have to go out of my way to say this. I think it should go without saying, don't send anybody any compromising photos of yourself. I don't care if you're man, woman, or child. It, what the hell is the benefit to you to do that? Whoever is requesting this is a scumbag. And that man, woman, or child on that end, they're a scumbag. And I look, I understand there are people out there that are desperate for love. And I understand that sometimes that could be teenagers that are desperate for love. But you know what? What do you have to gain from sending somebody, if they are requesting photos of you like that, is this somebody you really want to have a relationship with anyway? I don't understand what the goal of the of the of the photos is for the person sending, taking them of themselves, and then sending them to some random person. It it's never. Have you ever met anybody that says, "Oh, how did you and Grandma meet?" Well, uh, I was trolling on social media and looking for some nudies, and uh, she sent me this beautiful photo of her, and then we went to the Olive Garden, and the rest is history. No, it it doesn't work that way. And, and the thing is, too, let's circle back. 
this is the one time that we get to say, hey, I feel bad for that male model, right? Uh, that's not a phrase that, that is echoed very often. Hey, I was a so model. This poor, this poor dude, he's got some photos of himself that, you know, whatever they're being used for, but he's some type of model. And then uh, Anthony underscore shots, the fake, the fake Anthony shots is using this guy's image to claim that he's some wealthy playboy type and and getting girls on on social media now now let's pretend for just a second bill that anthony shots really did look like that male model and that he does have lambos and he has all kinds of money let's just assume that that person existed still do you want to send him a compromising photo of yourself no no no, no. it makes no damn sense and here's the thing Kids, this is this is when I'm reminded. Like I, I always try to tell myself, I'm like, man, you know, the youth is smart, the youth is strong, they know what the hell they're doing. And then I see something like this, and they're these people were tricked. Sometimes kids are stupid. And grow up, wake up. Don't send compromising photos of yourself to anyone for any reason at all, whether you know them or not. It's it's never going to end up good for anybody. And the day that we wake up and everybody stops sending these types of photos, underage girls and boys stop sending photos of themselves to others, whether they know them or not, when that stops, guess how many online pro predators go away? A lot. They're only active because they're getting what they want. Yeah. I mean, it's it's created a an avenue for them to exploit underage children. And or any adults fall for this shit, too. True. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, it's absolutely true. And I mean, they get blackmailed. They get, you know, whatever you want to call it. And this Keegan Anthony Klein, the, the reason why it's most definitely not this guy is because he's still in custody for the charges that he was, you know, originally had the search warrant for. And speaking of compromising, I'm not sure that that Moan and High Bridge could support um, Keegan Anthony yeah, Klein, a, if he tried, if he attempted to walk across that big thing. boy, and uh, he said, "Now this is this is where you have to really, your PSA is very valid, and it's the fact that he said he received over a hundred different sexual images from girls, ages from fifteen to seventeen. I mean, that is just like, come on, like let's just like you said, just be smarter." And mm -hmm. just don't engage with people like this. And it's just one of those things that people have to remember that not everybody's out to be your friend. And people have a lot of, um, uh, you know, ulterior motives, basically. And clearly, I think anybody who sets up a fake profile and is trying to catfish people is somebody who's, you know, up to, like you said, up to no good. And Anthony underscore shots, regardless of this Keegan Anthony Klein created the profile or not, the fact that he is in jail at this time, you would think that if he was involved with the murders, he would have been, you know, arrested or charged for the murders because they have his DNA and stuff like that. I mean, anytime you go in prison these days, everybody's DNA is taken and then entered into CODIS. So, uh, 
Well, and I, and I want to put something out there too, uh, and we'll circle back to an, another PSA that that I think is needed as a bit of a follow up to our, our our last one here. But what what also is happening in this situation, Bill, which we've seen time and time again in the Delphi case, is a lot of misinformation is coming out from people that don't have the information. They're kind of filling in the blanks themselves, and then they're having communication and conversations with others and passing things along that they think are correct, but they are absolutely not correct. You know, I've seen everything from saying that Keegan Anthony Klein was arrested in Florida, which makes it sound like he fled Indiana and then he was arrested recently in Florida. No, he's he's been locked up for a while, mm-hmm. um, first of all. And second of all, there is a Miami County in Indiana. Yep. So yep. – uh, you're filling in the blanks incorrectly here. Will you see the word Miami and you think Florida? No. Uh, this, this guy was um, – uh, he wasn't on the run. Uh, they, they arrested him at his father's home. They arrested him for the first time – well, not for the first time, but for uh, the sake of the Delphi murders discussion, he was arrested in 2017. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 2017. Um, so – this this Keegan Anthony Klein has been on everyone's radar, other than the public's, for quite some time, right? He he's he's not somebody that that the Indiana State Police are just finding out about. He's somebody that we, the public, are just recently finding out about. So um, that's one thing to take into consideration. And here's the other thing: here is where I get really ticked off, and I'm ticked off because they they're effing up this this investigation and i say that it's the media and indiana state police they're both if this is something that's legit if this is you know i understand it's a legitimate concern regardless but if this is something that's legit directly tied to the delphi double homicide there's going to be misinformation there's going to be bad information out there and that's why i put it on the media and more importantly on indiana state police to be very clear and direct with the information that they are providing to the public because the public has a way of screwing things up and playing the game of telephone and screwing up the information and i'm already seeing that here with this with this exact situation and I started seeing that 24 hours ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one. It's it's honestly, it's really one of those things that yeah, people jump on it. So Keegan Anthony Klein. Here's here's my fear with this individual. My fear is that a large portion of the public, and I don't want to put a percentage on that because I, I frankly I just don't know, Bill. But I my concern is that the perception is that the Anthony underscore shots profile person has been captured that that Keegan Anthony Klein is that individual he's responsible for that profile and yes we called out for the public for help and boom 10 hours later we have an arrest now let's look at this thing for what it is Keegan Anthony Klein was already somebody that was arrested from my understanding Mm -hmm. number one and number two what we have is the media that's coming out and they're saying, oh, we found uh, affidavits, redacted uh, aff- affidavits that say that this guy has links or ties to Anthony underscore shots profile. That doesn't mean that he was operating the Anthony underscore shots profile. And that's one thing that I don't think is clear 
or or ringing true to everybody. I almost feel like the media coming out and saying, hey, we've connected this guy to this profile makes everybody, it lets their guard down. Oh, we don't have to do anything now, right? Oh, oh how quickly that got resolved. No, it, and that's where Indiana State Police is really effing this up, and so is the media. Together, the, the, we're not getting good, clear information. Now, here's – I had to do some digging for this, and this doesn't – this is a statement from Indiana State Police, but I've not seen it anywhere else, and I had to go to a media outlet to get it. This should be something that, that they should be releasing a follow-up. You know, we had that video of the uh, of the state trooper – of the Indiana State Police officer telling us we need to be looking out and giving information about Anthony underscore shots. And they came up with this information during the Delphi investigation. Now's time for a follow-up video. And we need in that follow-up video to say the statement that I have right here in front of me. And this statement reads, Indiana State Police do not confirm or deny anyone who is or is not a suspect in any ongoing investigation. At this time, we are looking for any information about the Anthony underscore shots profile and anyone who may have had contact with that profile. The case that you are referring to is a separate child pornography case. That's the Keegan Anthony Klein portion. That's what they're talking about. The case that you are referring to, Keegan Anthony Klein, is a separate child pornography case. Now, this is clear, mm -hmm. and this is easy to understand. All the information elsewhere is not. And again, I feel like most of it that I'm getting and seeing at this point paints the picture that the Anthony underscore shots problem has been solved, that they have this Keegan Anthony Klein guy, and, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Where this statement clearly shows that, no, they still need more information. And the way that this is worded almost sounds like they might be two very separate things. Keegan Anthony Klein and the Delphi double homicide could be two very separate things. I mean, I would agree with you because the way they pointed out in, in that statement, they say it is a separate investigation that was a child pornography investigation that is a clear point that they make and i think there's a reason for that and that is to kind of say no we are still investigating everybody but that case that you're now talking about is related to a whole nother investigation and you saw this with the mahalovic case with that one particular news outlet in Cleveland that came out with the new information and it was from court documents that had been filed two years prior and of course that got everybody fired up but there was never any follow-up and there was never any statement from the Bay Village police and and again the the media can and does on a lot of times do a disservice to investigations like this because of the fact that this is the hot story so they go, okay, let's get every reporter out there. Uh, okay, Sam, you go research this, pack, you know, re research this guy. You start looking at the documents. Uh, pull up everything you can on Delphi and bring me something. You know, that's, that's how it works. And it's like that is not necessarily the job of the media. I mean, the job of the media is to, again, to keep people 
informed and then obviously to keep people doing the right thing as far as politicians go and that was originally what journalism was for but uh, nowadays it's clearly a much more money driven uh, business and it's troublesome that they can take something like this and run with it and then publish it without necessarily going to the ISP and saying what about this guy or you know it's like this the ISP now is going to have to answer all these different media requests about certain individuals what about him what about him and it's like I don't know if they can I think that's why they put that blanket statement out there that everybody is still a possibility because they don't want every media outlet to be knocking on their door when they come up with a new piece of information that may not have anything to do with what they released on Monday. And that is where I'm concerned that, just like you are, that if the media is running with the Keegan-Anthony Klein aspect, that people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, the public did their job. It's done. It's solved. Yeah. You know, Robert Ressler kind of did that with the Mahalovic case with Billy Strunak and you know people forgot about it for a number of years and it's just like you hear it from authority and people who put a lot of faith in the media which you should not having worked there <laughs> uh, don't as members of media of the media do, ourselves we're letting you don't know. trust don't put a don't, <laughs> don't trust the media I mean don't trust the media. I mean I'm not trying to you know throw us under the bus or anything but honestly it's unsubscribe <laughs> but honestly it's like listen to the authorities listen and read between the lines technically what they are telling you there's more to what they have to say than what they actually are saying and I think that's the key is to be able to read what they what they're not saying okay they're bringing us all this stuff up but what is it they are leaving out? And that is where the inner detective, you start going, okay, well, they didn't mention this, that, that, you know, and so you kind of read between the lines. I feel, at least that's what I feel like when they do statements but, like this. Uh, right, and that's why I think that it is on the backs and the shoulders of the Indiana State Police at this point to release a follow-up statement. And, and... I think that it needs to be clear and concise. And if 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 we're not to be bothered with this Keegan Anthony Klein individual, then then we're not to be bothered with him and we are we are to continue our search and continue our efforts to try to help the Indiana State Police with the Delphi homis, double homicide investigation. And that, so I think it's on their shoulders now to give to to put out a follow-up email or follow-up statement. Again, that is clear, as clear and as concise as the one that I just read. And because to me, with, with without them doing so, it, it reminds me of the old phrase, yes, I have no bananas, right? I mean, it's it's just kind of a confusing way of delivering what should be a very simple statement. Yeah, and lots can be lost in translation. And I do believe that, what the ISP did on Monday was say, let's get everybody working together and figure out who this guy is and 
if you have any information, like we've talked before, emailing the tip is probably the best way to go about it. And that email is Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com. And again, that leaves a digital footprint. So they at least will have that on record. But if you do want to call, the phone number is 765-822-3535. And again, they're asking for as much information as you can possibly provide. And they would like to know what form of communication you used to speak with Anthony underscore shots. And if you have any saved images or conversations, that is directly from the Indiana State Police. So I think the way that things stand is let's hope the media doesn't freak out and run with some random guy and then confuse the public into thinking that they have arrested somebody and let's just hope the public will step up and uh, turn this guy in because somebody like in all cases knows something yeah well and, and certainly in this situation somebody knows something in regards to anthony underscore shots so it, it, we're kind of handcuffing ourselves here a little bit bill because you'll put this out like friday morning and the the news or information good or otherwise has been rather fast and furious as of late so we're sitting here recording this Wednesday morning. There could be a whole different change in climate and landscape between now and 48 hours from now. This so is true. Uh, I think we I think we should make that clear that you're listening into a conversation that's being had Wednesday morning. So uh, I'm interested to see what else will come of this. And and look, we may end up finding here we are, you know, uh, complaining, but. Uh, and shouting out our concerns, and we may find out Friday, Saturday, or next week that that this Anthony um, Keegan Anthony Klein individual is responsible for everything that is Anthony shots. We may find that out. It sounds like there is some kind of link and some kind of tie to that account. And look, some, a lot of times these types, these internet internet predators, and these different types of voyeur predators. They share images and they share photos and videos and things that they collect um, throughout their time, whether it's stuff that they are able to get their hands on by tricking people themselves or just by collecting it from other predators out there. So this may be this could be a situation where he's completely responsible or he just had some kind of interaction with the actual person that they are looking for. And again, I, I know that, that part of this is true, and I know that there's a lot of good companies out there, a lot of good tech companies out there, but I want to live in a world where where these different apps and these different social media outlets are say to their clients and customers outwardly, look, we are all for freedom of speech, and we are all for freedom of expression. However, we do share our information that we collect here and everything that goes on here with law enforcement when necessary. And, you know, I know that most of those companies are good companies and will share that information with FBI or law enforcement when they come a-knocking. But there are some low-down companies out there that will get users no matter how they have to, and they, they won't 
uh, be on the up and up. So I'd like to live in a world where all those companies are are on the up and up. And, and, and circling back to the PSA here, the, this is the more important portion of the PSA. Um, you know, and I said, I said, kids are stupid and there's going to be a lot of parents. Not my kid. My kid's smart. Well, yes, I'm not, don't, I don't mean it that way. There's a lot of brilliant kids out there and most of them are probably smarter than I am. However, they're children and they get tricked. And sometimes they're being tricked by pretty savvy adults, social savvy adults that can trick these children. They're, they're predators for a reason. And unfortunately the good ones stay out of prison. Right. Right. There, we have prisons for a reason. The the dumb idiot predators, they end up behind bars. The ones that are pretty good at it, they stay out there and continue to victimize people. So I want to throw something on the backs and shoulders of the parents out there. We live in a different time than when I was a child growing up and, and coming of age in the, in, the, in the late 90s. It's a different time mm-hmm. now. A conversation, you know, there used to be a conversation uh, between, you know, mom and dad and, 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 and the son or daughter, or, you know, dad and dad and son or daughter, mom and mom, son and daughter of, you know, the birds and the bees and, and other, and, and, but even in our time, Bill, there were different social things that needed to be discussed from parent to child or should have been discussed from parent to child. Currently nowadays, I think that there needs to be a clear message. You know, (laughs) we've had so so many unclear messages in the last 36 hours. Um, I think th- there's a time for a clear message from parents to children today that says, look, I understand that we have told you that you're, you're, you know, you're not allowed on certain social media apps. You're not allowed on certain websites. However, any of your online or, or app activity you know, even if you're trespassing, if you're going, you know, if you're going to, to parts where you should not be going, if at any time anybody ever ask you for a video or a picture of yourself or personal information about yourself, please, please, child, come to me and tell me. I all will be forgiven uh, as long as you tell mom or dad that that this person is requesting some type of information from you, and let the let your children know that the person that they think they're talking to may not be the person that they are talking to, and that. There might be a game going on, and you may not understand the rules or that there's a game at all. Yeah, and I will say that, and I've mentioned this before, and I don't know if I've actually gone into great detail on it, but even when I was coming of age in the 90s, and you know, we're the similar age, I was tricked by a smooth-talking individual who pretended to be a reporter for a local paper and he tricked me into a 20 minute conversation to talk about running because I was just in the plane dealer for you know being a local all-star and this guy spent 20 minutes talking to me and the only thing that raised a flag was the fact that he asked me what size shoe I wore and so Mm -hmm. you know it ended up leading to a salacious phone call a week later then the police got involved and it's just an example. I was 16. It's an example of even when you're young and you think you're smarter than the your parents or smarter than the next kid, you can do stupid stuff. I mean, I'm a prime example of that. And it's just be aware and make sure you check your kid's 
social apps. Make sure you check those parental controls. Spetzel told me, hands down, you know, the former chief of police of Bay Village, there are so many ways that predators can reach children these days. It's scary. And the amount of information out there about these individuals, the children, that is, that they put out there themselves is just frightening. So be aware about what you put out online because people can turn around and use that against you. And that goes along with your PSA about sending selfies and stuff like that. Don't do it. There's no point. And on that note, I would say let's hope for the best and let's uh, see what Indiana State Police can come can come up with. And like you said, this is Wednesday and it is mm-hmm. December 8th. Friday morning on December 10th, there could be a whole new suspect. So just mm-hmm. letting everybody know. Well, and I know, Bill, that you'll continue to keep your eyes and ears on this situation. I will as well. And um, at True Crime Garage, we'll have a new episode of Off the Record coming out on Monday. And we will definitely be uh, talking about this topic again. Yes, and I appreciate you coming on. And again, you know, when I say look for verification from trusted sources, I look at Kelsey German's tweets and... You know, when she's tweeting about this, then I know that there's some serious activity going on. And again, she has been on the show many times and uh, appreciated that when I interviewed her and can only hope for closure for her, for Abby's family, for the whole town at Delphi. And, uh, you know, like their grandmother said, you know, that their lives have been put on hold since this incident happened. So. Let's just hope that this leads to an arrest. Thank you so much for joining me this week to discuss this fast-breaking news. And I hope to talk to you soon. And I hope everybody does tune in on Monday to Off the Record. And again, where can they find all of your stuff, Nick? Well, we are available on every podcast platform that you can think of or that i can think of anyway but uh off the record our other shows available on stitcher premium if you want a free month to listen to that show as well as many other shows that are on stitcher premium just go to our website truecrimegarage.com and there is a link that you can click on on the off the record page which will set you up for some free listening so you can decide if you want to keep listening to that wonderful show or not and um bill i want to thank you once again for having me on and i know this is again something that we'll be keeping track of as the days come and as the news comes out and i'm sure we'll be talking again soon. absolutely thanks again nick thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and thank you to nick from the true crime garage podcast for joining me on this hectic week And thank you to BetterHelp.com for sponsoring this week's episode. If you'd like to save 10%, please use my promo code WHO. As you know, I drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday. If you enjoy this podcast as well as the other shows, you can help support my show by using my PayPal username at WilliamHuffman3, or you can contribute to the show via the Venmo app with my username at Bill-Huffman-3. Every contribution, big or small, helps keep these slow burn podcasts coming. You can also support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to your favorite shows. 
Those five stars help keep the important cases that I cover, such as the Libby and Abby case in Delphi, in the spotlight. If you'd like to stay up to date on the cases that I have covered, as well as the new shows that I have coming down the pipeline, please follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. Thank you again so much for listening. Until next time, as always, be healthy and stay safe. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 